program tonight, California parents revolt. You're not going to blackmail us. You already sent us a blackmailing letter on previous things. You will not, you'll not bully us here in Chino. Please see. A school board threw the state superintendent of education out of their meeting. That the policy that you consider tonight not only may fall outside of the laws that respect privacy and safety for our students. The school board president tells us why parents should know if their child identifies as trans. Why is bringing the, the parent into the picture an issue? Woke remakes. What is Snow White without her seven dwarfs? The actor Wee Man tells us how remaking Snow White and Willy Wonka with full-size actors hurts the very group they're trying to help. Chinese land grab. Why even Congress can't figure out who bought a billion dollars of land surrounding one of the Air Force's most important bases. Search for the truth. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft, if you will. What if all the UFO stories are just stories? Do we trust Congress to find out the truth on Wednesday? It's bogus. The whole thing is bogus. This is about power. It's about control. Welcome to the Ferris show on television. First tonight, the mini stairs saga and why coverage of Hunter Biden is next. Amazing thing happened over the weekend. Politico, NBC and other advocacy media on the left picked up a story that we've been talking about now for a month. All right, so for a month now, we've been talking about President Biden using the mini stairs on Air Force One. It was kind of curious and odd because he's giving up one of the most important parts of the presidency, the image of the president of the United States walking up and down the big stairs of Air Force One. It's a sign of his age that we pointed out. Since 2019, most outlets have treated Mr. Biden's age like Fight Club. The first rule is you don't talk about it. Even after multiple stumbles on the Air Force One big staircase, nobody would talk about his age. But eventually, there was so much that came. There was such an enormous amount of moments that showed President Biden's age. The note cards, the mini stairs, the fumbles. Suddenly, all of a sudden, NBC and others had to start writing about it. Note cards and shorter stares, how Biden's campaign is addressing his age. Aides appear to be making concessions to Biden's age, hoping to avoid viral moments that would reinforce voters' worries about his fitness. What was once taboo, what was once a right-wing conspiracy theory, is now fair game. Well, first of all, because it's true. Mr. Biden's memory problems, confusion, and growing fragility are just facts. They are a problem. They are actual problems. But there's really two problems, right? The leader of the free world appearing compromised is a problem. But all those images are political problems, as evidenced by the NBC report. The same now is starting to appear to the Hunter Biden story. What was once a taboo right-wing conspiracy is now looking like a real story. Because so many parts of the conspiracy and the weird theory that you were sort of a little wacky if you talked about are turning out to be true. 
And we know that because today the White House very subtly, but very importantly, changed its talking points. First, the White House spokesperson today, then the president himself in 2019. Okay, so it seems as though we're having a few issues in terms of what soundbites roll. This is obviously President Biden falling at the Air Force Academy commencement address. That's one of the issues that's brought the age issue and one of the moments that's brought the age issue front and center in the conversation. For so long, President Biden kept telling us over and over and over again he never talked to Hunter Biden, never talked to his son about anything having to deal with with his businesses. Never talked to Hunter about his overseas business deals. Today, and this is important, when asked if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never spoken to his son about his business deals, the White House suddenly changed things. This is how Queen Jean-Pierre answered. I've been asked that question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president was never in business with his son. Well, the answers changed radically. It went from the president has never talked to his son about his businesses to never being in business. That is an enormous change. And here's why. The White House can't figure out how to deal with an FBI internal memo that outlines secondhand claims by a foreign informant. It claims Hunter Biden was hired by Burisma. Hunter hired a, as a way to gain support from his father, the former vice president at the time alleges two $5 million payments were made to the Bidens. And according to this very unconfirmed report, the funds weren't <clears throat> directly sent to the big guy. Source understood the big guy was a reference to Joe Biden. And one of Hunter Biden's former business partners will reportedly talk to the House Oversight Committee next week. The mini stairs proved a bridge too far. It was finally something that even Biden-friendly media organizations couldn't ignore. They had to talk about the age issue. Now the White House is changing explanations about Mr. Biden's businesses might make that story impossible to ignore as well. Colby Hall's here, founding editor at Mediate, on balance, resident philosopher. It's almost like some media organizations have been shamed into <laughs> now covering the age issue because it was so apparent and so in their face. Yeah, I mean, it definitely the story had a certain amount of gravity, but I think there was a lot of evidence to this. I mean, you couldn't not watch Biden age in real time. And I think there's a reluctance to be sort of overtly political about something. You know, we, we love to cherish, respect the elders, but right. it got to a point where anyone anecdotally could watch him and see that he really is has lost his fastball and lost a step or two. And so I wrote a column saying, can we talk about his age without being ageist. And I think it, I think there's a way to do that. And it's part. it reminds me of the John Fetterman story. The ability to serve is, is right there in the wheelhouse when it comes to his mental acuity. Yeah, and mental acuity, physical fitness issues. And I think we're going to see this only sort of come out over the next, you know, what, 16 months or exactly. so in terms of what his campaign schedule and everything else is. But how long until there are parts of the Hunter Biden story that are going to have to be covered, even by the New York Times. The New York Times can sit there and think, you know, to quote the, we're going to be on the wrong side of history if we don't cover this, if we continue to ignore a scandal involving the president of the United States and his son, that 
we're going to then have our own journalistic credibility called into question. Well, I suspect that we're on sort of other sides of this. I think the moment that there's actual evidence and not sort of unverified allegations is when it becomes a real story that's handled and treated by respected journalists. I don't think we've arrived at that point. I think Hunter Biden has done a lot of unethical things, and the illegal things he has done and is being charged with don't really relate to Joe Biden. Right. I do think that you're right to point out that the shifting story from the White House certainly sort of brings more smoke to a, a story where they're insisting that there is no fire. The story today broke that there was a, a conference call, speakerphone call between Hunter Biden, Burisma executives, and Joe Biden, and it was like, aha! But it happened when, after he was vice president, before he decided to run for uh, and the details are that he um, exchanged vague pleasantries, and I don't, I don't know if that's enough yet. I do think it's getting, a, it will start to get more coverage because I think. Well, it's but a- there, there was a time when, hey, you know, he just confused Putin in Ukraine once. Hey, this isn't a big deal about the age issue, and now all of a sudden there's this sort of mountain of evidence about the age issue that can't be ignored. Correct. It feels like you're saying we're getting closer to that with the Hunter Biden story. I mean, we keep hearing about the other shoe to drop. And, you know, we have James Comer on conservative media outlets every day, multiple times, talking about how there's this big conspiracy. But even opinion hosts on the right are saying, but where is the evidence? No, it's like like the UFO story. We're going to get to that later with Bill O'Reilly. But it's like the UFO story. Like, okay, show Give me the evidence. Show right. me something. I want to Show see me. the thing. I, I want to see the thing. There, look, we, we, we've discussed this a lot in terms of a, a double standard. Why do you think there is not a concern? You, talk, you think about the story about Ukraine. And <clears throat> Ukraine, it, oftentimes, is forgetting, forgotten. The first impeachment of President Trump was over Ukraine and right. over the issues of corruption in, in relating to this very thing. It seems as though there's a lot less scrutiny of Joe Biden's business dealings dealing with Ukraine, Hunter Biden's dealings with Ukraine, than there were Donald Trump. And we know that Hunter Biden got millions of dollars from Ukraine. Well, him getting millions of dollars from Ukraine through Burisma is a joke. I don't know if it's illegal. I have a weird pet theory about the reason we don't spend too much time on it. It's like reading... We love pet theories. It's like reading Brothers Karazmas. It's hard to keep all of these Ukrainian names straight. You read the story of who was was aligned with Biden and who was aligned with Trump, and it's it's very difficult to keep the characters straight. I know that sounds sort of pedestrian, but I I, I think that resonates. We actually spent a long time today trying to think about how to make a graphic to illustrate all of the connections and what the allegations are. It's It's hard to explain... Part of this is just the Rorschach test, right, of how of how you view exactly. things. But this this broke it. I don't know. Did you see the National Review headline? Uh, Harvard's Mark uh, Tushnet wants Joe Biden to become a dictator. We urge President Biden. This is a Harvard professor to restrain MAGA justices immediately by announcing that if and when they issue rulings that are based on gravely mistaken interpretations of the Constitution and undermine our most fundamental commitments, the administration will be guided by its own constitutional interpretations. If if we just change that around a little bit. It's nuts. I mean, it, it just, and I have to say that, again, I go to this idea that, like, the Constitution was written in a sort of pre-psychological point of view world where there was such thing as objective truths. <laughs> and now everything is up for interpretation. And so what he is arguing is no different than the activist judge allegation that we've heard from the right forever. And both sides are equally 
true and false. I mean, what he's saying is that we should have a... The, there's no point for a constitution yeah. if it's just populist. It's silly and absurd and should be rejected. But again, it gets to this point of like, well, let's just take the temperature of the people and let let them decide what what should be constitutional. Yeah, yeah back, in the day wrong? The, back in the day when the rule book mattered. Right. All right, Colby. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you, sir. Thank you. When kids go back to school in Chino Valley, California this fall, parents will get to know a lot more about their kids' lives. And evidently, parents knowing about their kids' lives is now highly controversial. Teachers have three days now to notify parents if their children ask to change their pronouns or if their child suddenly identifies with a different gender. The state school superintendent came to warn the board that their new policy puts kids, quote unquote, in danger. As you can see, the board listened to him. And then when his time was up, they threw him out and voted four to one in favor of the new policy. Joining us now, Sonia Shaw, board president of the Chino Valley Unified School District. All right, so as I understand it, in the past, if kids came to their teacher and said, look, I want to use a a different bathroom, or all of a sudden I'm not a he, I'm a she, uh, the, the parents didn't get to know that information. That is correct. Our previous board policy supported keeping secrets of these kinds of things from the parents. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand why do you think, and, and we watched video of the meeting, it was sort of wildly confrontational. Um, and yeah. to be fair, there were a lot of people there who, I mean, we can even see a, a sign there, Recall Shaw. There are a lot of people there who aren't happy with this change now that requires the school to notify parents. Why do you think this issue of notifying parents is so controversial? That's my question. Why is bringing the, the parent into the picture an issue? And that's where I have to question the purpose of it. To me, you must have a purpose if you want adults to take the kid pretty much any conversation away from them and their parent and bring it to you as another adult outside the home. I personally think that all of these people are trying to break up the family unit. We always want to give the other side their due. Um, So we're going to play the clip of the state superintendent. This is the head of essentially the head of the schools for uh, for the state explaining why he disagrees with your all's policy. Take a listen. Mm -hmm. That the policy that you consider tonight not only may fall outside of the laws that respect privacy and safety for our students, but may put our students at risk because they may not be in homes where they can be safe. I went on to say, uh, ask you to consider this, that nearly half of students who identify as being LGBTQ plus are considering suicide. So is it the school's problem or the parents' problem as you see it? I think it should be the parents that have every authority to be able to say what help they're going to get to their child. But they, Thurman thinks that the school should have every authority to be able to determine if the parents unfit. Instead of our decreasing test scores, we're like 40 something, 44th in the nation. And his focus is on this. Like that to me is the big point. Why is Thurman focused on this when we have a decline in public education in California, actually an alarming decline right now. And our test scores are actually at the lowest, but yet we don't see this kind of passion from him on these issues. And that's what's upsetting to us parents. In terms of 
percentages. This represents such a tiny percent of kids, right, that, that change their pronouns. It's a growing percentage. We've done that story. Is, is this in some way a proxy for a larger issue? Is the transgender issue in America's schools a proxy for something bigger, you think? I truly believe that is because you look at our Department of Ed, you look at our state's direction, you look at the union's direction, and you look at the federal's direction. For some odd reason, they're all focused on that, and that would show that there is something that is bigger that is happening besides just being able to keep the parents out. Uh, something tells me you're not done making changes, and there's, uh, there's, more, there's more school board meetings to come. Uh, we'll look forward to having you back and talking about them, all right? Awesome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you. First came gas stoves, the dishwashers, now generators. How the war on fossil fuels is turning into a war on the middle class. Also, we keep hearing about new evidence of UFOs, but we never get to see the actual evidence. Why the vast conspiracy to keep UFOs secret might not be a conspiracy after all. An official intelligence representative at a high level from the U.S. government is saying publicly, we are not alone. We're definitely not alone. Absolutely, the data points empirically that we're not alone, yeah. You might have heard the Daily Mail scoop that Disney will soon remake Snow White without her dwarves. Snow White and, as they put it, the seven politically correct companions... They even have pictures allegedly showing the new film in production. We have no idea why Disney changed Snow White. Jason Weeman Acuna is one of the world's leading little people actors and joins us now. Do, do you feel better now that they're they're not saying Snow White in the West Seven Dwarfs? I didn't know that they changed the name, uh, but I knew that they were making this movie without the Seven Dwarfs, which it. They shouldn't even call it Snow White anymore. Yeah, but look, conceivably, and you want to give Disney sort of the benefit of the doubt, they were doing this because they thought it would, was insulting to, to dwarves or to, to little people in some way or, or another. Um, but do you feel better that way? Is it, does it feel like it or they just take work from people who could have played these characters and done well? They took work from people, definitely, from the, you know, the actors that are out there trying to be in Hollywood. And as a little person, I remember going out on auditions and knowing I was going to get the little person role. And I think that, you know, Disney should make it right. They should make the movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and give jobs to these people who are sitting, waiting for, acts, you know, gigs like this. I guess I'm, I'm trying to figure out, do you think by not, talking about the dwarves and, and making it so that Snow White and the Seven Misfits or whatever they're going to call it, that that all, <laughs> that, that all, of, a, that all of a sudden there's going to be less of a stigma surrounding little people? Uh, I don't think that'll ever change. Dis Disney's not going to change that. The world will always be the same. But, you know, they've done this movie for years. I don't think now's the time that, Dis that that's not going to make, Disney's not going to make the world right by that. No, Disney's trying to make the world right by a lot of different things. I wanted to get you get you on this because I think it's kind of interesting. Um, there, there's there's another remake being done of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Have you heard about this? Yes, and Hugh Grant is uh, playing the little person. 
Yeah, they, they, they've, no, they've yeah. actually like miniaturized him digitally. And I, I guess he's now an Oompa Loompa. Yeah, he's I, an Oompa Loompa. I mean, if, <laughs> look, is, you know, if, if people do different things to be other than what they are, okay, um, there, yes. there's, a, there's a number of different groups that get quite upset when that happens. Um, and I'm, yeah. I, I'm wondering, I don't know, I'm wondering how, how it feels, especially for an actor who's made his life playing those roles. Uh, I wonder too. I haven't done that playing, you know, those roles. My thing in Hollywood was just being me. Granted, yes, I am a little person, but uh, I feel the struggle for other little people that have to go out and do that. And in this day and time when people are now identifying themselves as certain people, I've said this before, Hugh Grant is now identifying himself as a little person. <laughs> I guess, I guess in a way you can, you can, hey, you know what? You can be, you can be whatever you want to be these days. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. I, 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 something I never thought would happen. I guess I just can't figure out with Disney what, the, what message they're trying to send. I, I don't think it seems like you can either. Nope. Yeah. We're wondering. We keep questioning. All right. All right, we man. It's good to see you. Thank you very much for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a good day. All right. Talk to you soon. But just imagine if there is a craft out there that can travel light years at these incredible speeds that we, it's not even imaginable. We can't even comprehend it as humans, those pictures you're seeing there. Just imagine what that would do. That show no heat trail to any of the most, uh, you know, the best sensors in the world. Imagine what that would do to the energy complex. The industrial war complex would be out of business overnight. Congressman Tim Burchett on News Nation this weekend. You've seen him on our program as well talking about UFOs. He claims a massive government conspiracy covers up evidence of UFOs, possibly crashed spacecraft. He promises to expose part of it at a Wednesday congressional hearing, according to the congressman's office. UFO enthusiasts from around the country want to attend this hearing in person. And much of the new excitement comes from a whistleblower first featured on News Nation. David Grush will be among the witnesses. Do we have bodies? Do we have species of Well, naturally, um, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed, um, sometimes you encounter um, dead pilots. And uh, believe it or not, as as fantastical as that sounds, it's true. All right, Bill O'Reilly, anchor of No Spin News with us. Bill, uh... I don't, I don't want to say, like, are there aliens, but has, has our government ever been this good at covering something up for 60 years uh, over all of this time with all of the people that would be required to do it? About six days with cocaine in the White House. Pretty good at the uh, cover-up. Um, okay, a couple of truisms here. Number one, Leland, people believe what they want to believe. So if uh, an American or a Russian or anybody wants to believe there are aliens down here on Earth, that's what they're going to believe. And they'll seek out justification for that belief. Number two, my job as a journalist and your job as well is to be skeptical, all right, of any kind of purported, alleged, any of that. So here's my essential question on the UFO thing, and it's why I don't spend a lot of time on it on BillOReilly.com. 
There are a lot of countries in the world that have sophisticated listening satellite devices. Not one has produced any evidence, hard factual evidence, that a UFO entered our atmosphere and did anything. So U.S. government covering up, Roswell, New Mexico, uh, Nevada, all of this, okay. But what about China? What about India? What about Great Britain? They've never, ever put forth anything. And so I'm skeptical. I'll listen to the UFO stuff. I'm not going to watch it wall to wall, but whatever comes out of it, I'll examine it. But I am skeptical at this juncture. I guess that that's the inherent point, right, which is you you and I are both supposed to be skeptical. And I wonder if some of the skepticism is being lost in in a lot of the fascination, excitement, whatever you want to call it. We've been through down this road before, right? Roswell was a weather balloon, Area 51. Uh, It's where they developed the SR-71 Blackbird in in U-2. Phoenix lights haven't been figured out. Mussolini spacecraft. This is some idea that the the Vatican was involved in this going back into pre-World War II. I I take your point about the the six days of of cocaine in the White House. The, The flip side of that was, you know, even... Even Bill Clinton couldn't couldn't keep Monica Lewinsky's secret. Um, you're talking about tens of thousands of people in this. I, I guess what I'm wondering is how, at some point, do we do we get to the the point? And you've got Congress spending our tax dollars now investigating, I guess, themselves or investigating the government. When do we get to the point we go, okay, show me the little green men and the crashed spacecraft, or we're going to decide to move on from this? But people aren't going to decide to move on. It's fun. (laughs) And you can make money uh, as a conspiratorialist. Look, I like the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, one of the greatest movies ever. I was scared to live in uh, whatever out of me when I was 10 and saw it. And, you know, all those aliens running around and uh, they're chasing Sigourney Weaver. And, you know, come on, I'll watch some of that. But at this point where so many things going on that are so serious, I mean, U.S. government, as you discussed earlier, is on the verge of collapsing because of this Hunter Biden stuff. And I mean that literally. That's how close the walls are to coming in. Did you notice that uh, the Corinne Jean-Pierre story changed today? Did you notice that? Uh, we, we, we did notice it. We had we had the soundbite queued up. It didn't it didn't play. But you're right to point out. Okay. It, 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 it went. It I went, think you know before. Yeah. No. It, it went from the show closes. You should play. But you know the New York Times never going to cover it. Okay. It's like Merrick Garland never going to investigate uh, Hunter Biden. That is, that's just a given in our in our world now. But when the presidential spokesperson suddenly changes from. Joe Biden never discussed any foreign business dealings with his son, Hunter, to Joe Biden was not in business with his son, Hunter. That's pretty damn yeah. dramatic. It's huge. OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you going to see it on the front page of The Washington Post tomorrow? No, you're not. <laughs> and it's we live in a crazy country now. This is insane what's happening now. So UFOs just kind of piles on the insanity. Yeah. Um, what, was that, uh, what was that show, We're Ready to Believe You? <laughs> I'm not, but I know millions and millions of Americans are. 
Yeah, it's, it's almost like talking about what you're going to deal with the money uh, when you win the lottery or something like that. Um, there we go. Bill, I got to run. Good to see you. Thank you Thanks as always. Sir. Yes, sir. News Nation's Brian Enton hosts a special live coverage of the congressional UFO whistleblower hearing on Wednesday, right after Morning in America, 10 a.m. Eastern. We will have the coverage. You can make up your mind on your own. A secretive group keeps buying land near one of America's most sensitive Air Force bases. Why Congress can't figure out where they got the billion dollars to do it. Even Congress can't figure out who bought nearly a billion dollars worth of land near one of the Air Force's most sensitive bases. The U-2 flies out of there. A secret group called Flannery Associates continues to buy land up around Travis Air Force Base. And nobody can figure out where the group is getting its money. And Flannery Associates is doing a lot to hide it. Over the past few years, Chinese ownership groups have bought up land near other Air Force bases, specifically Grand Forks Air Force Base in North Dakota, Laughlin in Texas. Congressman John Garamendi is on the House Armed Services Committee, joins us now. Good to see you, Congressman, uh, as always. What what are we going to know the truth of first, about UFOs or who's funding Flannery and Associates? Well, I suspect we'll know more about Flannery. Uh, It's clear that a serious investigation is underway, and they should be. This just doesn't make any financial sense. It makes no sense uh, for any business, given the uh, multiple, uh, maybe five times, ten times, the normal price of land in this area. So what's going on here? They have surrounded one of the most important air bases on the West Coast, and this is the way we get to the Pacific. Anything happened uh, in the Pacific with China, this base would be the uh, the way in which the uh, U.S. Air Force and military would transit across the Pacific. Yeah, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist or anything, but when you look at the map of where they have bought up land, it would not be that hard to hide some surface-to-air missiles uh, in any one of these little little homes or buildings or anything else that they've bought around uh, Travis Air Force Base. Uh, and at the right moment, you'd you'd have low-flying U.S. planes, especially the transports that you could you could take out. Um, something the U.S. military should never really consider. My question is, how how did we get to this point? We have a map of this. They've already spent $800 million. How did we get to this point without it raising some alarms? Well, we've been uh, raising the alarm for about the last 18 to two months now. Uh, the purchases started slow, uh, and the county uh, didn't pay too much attention. The Air Force Base didn't pay much attention. But now we do know that uh, the base is surrounded on three sides. That's been apparent for nearly, well, almost two years now. Uh, And the 52,000 acres in the area has been purchased. We also know that they're paying substantially more, multiple, sometimes five, in some cases, 10 times what land in that area once was sold for. And very interestingly, several of the ranchers in that area did not want to sell their land. They had a family heritage. Uh, and Flannery and Associates decided they would sue the landowners because apparently the landowners were talking amongst themselves, what's going on here? And they were suing them for constraint of trade by refusing to sell their land. Now, that's a very novel uh, yeah. lawsuit. But the result of it is the families had to defend themselves in federal court. And two of them simply said, we can't afford. We cannot afford the lawyers to defend ourselves, and they have subsequently sold their land. 
fascinating. And, and, and I, look, may, maybe now, after two years, you can get, get an answer. I'm, I'm wondering just in the big picture, and you've been one of the, the people at the forefront, uh, the tip of the spear really, ringing the alarm bells about what China is doing uh, to infiltrate the United States. Are, are we in sort of in, in, in the mid-1930s and everybody's going, oh, it, it's okay, Mercedes-Benz should be able to build some plants around U.S. military bases. There just seems to be a complete lack of understanding of of how good the Chinese are and the long game they're playing. Well, certainly they're playing a long game and certainly they're willing to make extraordinary investments all around the world in what they consider to be strategic locations. And certainly Travis Air Force Base is a strategic location, as was Grand Forks in North Dakota. Uh, we don't know where the money's coming from. The uh, associates, the LLC says, well, they're all American. Well, that's fine, but show me the money. Where is it coming from? Follow the money. And clearly, by being by owning the land on three sides of this base, right up to the fence, they have positioned, Flannery Associates is positioned to do some nasty stuff at that base. I don't think uh, surface-to-air missiles are what we're talking about here, but clearly listening, disrupting in multiple ways, all of that is possible, and it doesn't take much. If a strategic airlift is going across the Pacific, if it were to be delayed or somehow canceled, that would be a significant problem for the U.S. military on the far western side of the Pacific. And so we need to know. Yeah, also no, you... keep in mind that the big Internet ties, from uh, electrical ties, grids from the Columbia River go right through this area. And it is a major wind farm area. In addition to that, there are additional a key military facilities, very small communication facilities Con- in this area. Congressman, I, I, hate to do, I hate to do this, but we got to run. We, we had some technical issues earlier, so I have to cut you off. But please come back as you get more information and maybe uh, put, put one of these guys uh, with Flannery Associates on the hot seat. Well, let's do it and let's be skeptical. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. The House Speaker is really good at dividing the Democratic Party, why it matters on key issues from crime to Israel. The war on fossil fuels is turning into the war on the middle and lower middle class in America. Latest examples, a new policy outlawing almost all portable gas generators. This is particularly cruel for the tens of millions of Americans living in the southeast. Gas generators are a lifeline during hurricanes. Power outages are unpredictable. And no matter what the cause, they can leave your family in the dark for an extended period of time leaving you without access to air conditioning, heat, refrigeration, and the ability to communicate with friends and loved ones. But when you have a Generac Automatic Home Standby Generator, you and your family stay safe and comfortable until utility power returns. Those with big, fancy houses and the super-efficient propane or natural gas generators advertised on television, they're just fine. Those goes for tens of thousands of dollars. But millions of Americans in the path of hurricanes every year Count on the portable generators to run a fan, charge their phone, maybe a small refrigerator. There's people right now in those pictures that you would be watching who were using portable gas generators. It's the only hope they have for weeks. However, those will now be outlawed. Joining us now, Newsweek's Deputy Opinion Editor, Bacha Unger-Sargon. I think you've been promoted, right? Did you, Deputy? I have. I am the opinion editor. Now you are the opinion editor. Okay, even better. Um, We'll we'll, we'll, we'll update the script. All right, are we on to something here? That the middle class is the one who's suffering the most in all this, the the push to green? 
Absolutely, Leland. You're the only person who ever points this out, and I'm so grateful to you for doing so. Um, The thing is, look at who is behind this huge climate agenda. It's billionaires. It's Bezos. It's Bloomberg. It's John Kerry flying around in a private jet. And when a reporter says to him, sir, you just arrived to accept a climate award in a private jet. He looks at him in horror and says, me? Fly coach? Never, right? right? This is the new indulgence. This is the new class warfare that not just the elites, but the super rich are waging against the working class and the middle class. And the thing is, they get to act like heroes while making the poor poorer and making themselves richer. And making the poor pay so much more for everything. More for electric cars, more for water heaters. A Now you have to buy an electric induction stove. You can't just have a gas right. stove on and on and on. Uh, the the new thing um, that was uh, now cars, it's so much harder to get a car under $30,000. Uh, the new thing is not only generators, but water heaters. Green Jean-Pierre was asked about that today. Take a listen. We've seen them go after gas stoves, air conditioning units with regulation, refrigerators, washing machines, dishwashers, now water heaters. How many more home appliances will Americans eventually have to replace? So just to be clear, when it comes to water heaters, and uh, it is a... it is, uh, it is proposed, what has been put forward. Uh, and if it, it is enacted, it would not take it into effect until 2029. So let's not forget that. Uh, so we want to make sure that we have the facts out there. And uh, if and when it is enacted, it's going to help consumers save about $11 billion a year. That's what the president wants to do. He wants to make sure that we lower costs for the American people. It's absolute nonsense, of course, right? We know that it's not going to lower costs. Look at California, the state with the highest poverty level in the nation and the most energy efficient. That's not a coincidence. Those things go hand in hand. There are people living in energy poverty in California under what Jennifer Hernandez has called the new green Jim Crow. Blacks and Hispanics living in poverty because they're paying 30, 40 percent of their income on this energy that the elites and the super rich push for energy efficiency to save the planet at the expense of the working class. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's a great point about California in terms of in terms of the right? bifurcation there. Yeah, for sure. It's good to see you as always. Thank Thanks, you. Leland. Zinke. The next speaker of the United States House of Representatives. That was a night the same Democrats who made fun of Kevin McCarthy's four-day, 15-ballot path to the speakership might have spoken a little too soon. Now he's managing to divide Democrats on a few key issues and forcing them into some uncomfortable votes from our friends at Axios. McCarthy's winning streak, McCarthy has brought bills to the floor that win bipartisan support from Republicans and a sizable number of Democrats, while both marginalizing and raising the profile of polarizing progressives among the key issues, crime, immigration, energy policy, COVID-19, and Israel. Congressman Michael Lawler with us, member of the House Financial and Foreign Affairs Committee. Good to see you, sir. All right, so we can agree or disagree whether some of these votes actually matter in terms of governing the country, but it's a different political strategy. No question, and I think uh, Democrats have continually underestimated Speaker McCarthy uh, from that first week. Uh, you think where, some Republicans did, too? Oh, I think quite a few. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was I was there supporting him every step of the way during that uh, speakership vote. 
because he's the right person to lead the conference and the House of Representatives. And I think the debt ceiling negotiation was the perfect case in point uh, where he rammed through a bill uh, to the Limit Save Grow Act uh, to get to the negotiating table with the president and Senator Schumer, uh, who thought they were just going to get a clean debt ceiling uh, vote. And so he was able to tactfully uh, get that through and ultimately get a win for the American people that had broad bipartisan support. Axios points out things moving in the wrong direction for Republicans, because the worse things are, the, the better it is for Republicans. Homicides were down 9% in the first half of this year over the same period last year, 37 major cities. Uh, violent crime rates are generally down across the board. Immigration, illegal border crossings just dropped to the lowest level in over two years in June, the first full month under Biden's new restrictive asylum rule. On the economy, which you guys have curtailed spending, inflation is retreating, consumer satisfaction the highest uh, in two years. Is there a chance that you guys have sort of gotten these wins a little too early from a political standpoint? Well, look, for the American people, right, we want crime to go down. Right, we no, want the economy things, to right. do better. Uh, and I think Republicans being in a position of power to highlight these issues, to force the administration to take certain actions, obviously has been uh, beneficial. It's undeniable that the administration, President Biden and then Democrats at, at all, are going to be able to run on, hey, all these things have gotten better under President Biden. And I'm wondering how do Republicans turn around and say, we're running on the issue of crime when crime's down. We're running on the issue of the southern border when border crossings are down. We're running on issues of the economy. Yeah, but border, border crossings being down from 10,000, uh, you know, a, a week to what, 5,000, 4,000? Uh, I don't think anybody is saying, yeah, this is great. The border is secure. It's not secure. We've had over 6 million people come into this country uh, illegally since Joe Biden took office. And you're looking at a city like New York, which has taken in over 85,000 migrants. It can't handle it. It's now telling people don't come despite its sanctuary city policies. So these policies are not working. Uh, and I think the American people recognize that. And the Republican House majority is the only thing that has been able to, to put legislation forward to try and tackle these challenges and force the administration to change some of its policies. Well, and, and to be fair, you guys, act, you have actually forced some real changes. Congressman, thank you very thank much. You. It's good Appreciate to see it. you. When we come back, memo from New York City. An unusual thing we found at Walgreens here. The Oreos are locked up. The protein bars are not. What that says about the state of the city and our country. See you on the other side. You never know what you're going to see in New York City. Walgreens is locked up so much of their stuff because of thefts. All of the candy and Oreos are behind plexiglass. You have to have a store employee unlock each item. But the protein bar section is wide open. No plexiglass. So they, they lock up the Oreos, but not the protein bars. I'm not sure what that says about America. If you have a thought, respond on Instagram or Twitter, at Leland Vittert. Best ones tomorrow. Here's Chris. Hey, I'm Chris.